here we are. The last time. Till next year. Thank you. Good. All the seniors are like, yeah, fine, fine. You can watch online. You can always watch online. Well, throughout this year, we have been giving to the Community Care Fund. Community Care Fund is for whom? That's exactly right. Students giving to students. And uh, the way it often works is that someone will come to me and wonder if they qualify, if they have a need that measures up. And it's my joy then to connect them with Vice President Shirley Hoekstra. And she and her assistant, Jane Prinz, do the work do the work of uh, providing the need for that student and making all the arrangements. And so, since today is a day of testimonies, I've asked Shirley to come and give a testimony about the Community Care Fund and her particular role in it. And so, um, Vice President Hoekstra, everybody. worshiping with you on Sunday nights and I love singing together with you and I love it when we sing a cappella and I love to be under the instruction and teaching of our college chaplain Mary Hulst. Um, let me tell you why it's a blessing for me to be part of the Community Care Fund and how you have enriched the lives of your fellow students. Never do we have a person come who is not in need. Some people might say, well, once you get the word out that there's a community care fund, people are just going to come and, like, take advantage of you. Never once did that happen. Never once. So here's how you have been a blessing. Just this Friday, a professor walked over a student whose father was in the emergency room because they thought that he had a brain tumor. And her mother called and said, this was a, a daughter who she relied on, do you think you could get here? Well, we all know that tickets at the last moment are always more expensive, and she didn't know whether or not she could do that, but the professor had heard that you all had provided a community care fund. And so not only do we sit down, Jane and I sit down with the student, we find out that story, and then we always pray with that student. And then we say, when you are ready, when your plans are ready to go and meet your mom and dad for this particular emergency, we are here for you because your fellow students have provided for you and you didn't even know. Or we have a student who came in and she said, I've received a phone call from my dad who says that my mom is in fact in the hospital and on a respirator and he wants me to come home now, except this was in a foreign country far away. And she said, I don't know whether I can go because last year I took a whole year off because I couldn't afford to be in school last year. And I'm afraid that if I go home, then I won't be able to come back and finish and I'm a senior and I only have a few weeks left. And we said, honey, don't worry. Your students have provided you a round trip ticket. It's not just one way to go home and be with your mom. It's a round trip ticket. And we will make it so that when you're ready to come home, here, your home here, you will be able to come home. And she is home here now. Her mom passed away. She was able to come back and she's finishing her exams and she will graduate because of all of you. A round trip ticket. As you know, we have Steve Okeo in the hospital. 
Steve has been through six open heart procedures, and um, he uh, was given a huge gift by the University of Michigan. They gave him a heart transplant as part of uh, care from their foundation. It did not cost Steve money to have a heart transplant. Can you only imagine what a heart transplant costs? A lot. Steve is from Kenya. And when we thought about it as a, as a college, we said, what can we do to match in some small way what the University of Michigan has given to Steve, our student? And they said, you know, Steve is going to need medical insurance. How is that gonna happen? How can we get him medical, I mean, a heart transplant? This is before Obamacare, you know, prior condition. And uh, you know what you all have done this whole year from June of 2012 to today, and you have paid his health insurance, and guess what? He has needed health insurance. And so when he went in the emergency room the last time, they said, does Steve have health insurance? And we said, yes, he does, because of all of you through the Community Care Fund. Steve has had health insurance. One last story for you. Sometimes um, we have uh, students who stay here when they have medical problems, but their parents come. And often it is a time of anxiety for their parents to come and they are wondering, where, what are we gonna do? We have to get to the hospital. And this is what we do as a college. We say to them, but you need a place to stay because you're gonna go back and forth. And maybe you need some meals. And so either Ravenswood or the Prince Conference Center is available to families. Now they don't come knowing that you're going to provide a place for them. And yet you do. And I just want to, this is what a parent sent to me unexpectedly. And they said, please share this with anybody who would be blessed. They had already been a week here with their student who was not feeling well, and then they had gone home. Bless you. And then the student got um, ill again and had to be in the hospital. And so I called them on their way to the hospital this next time. They were coming up from Ohio, and I said, I have reserved a room for you at the Prince Conference Center. And they wrote, we stayed in that room for close to a week that Calvin covering the room charges. That was totally unexpected, but so much appreciated. And they went on to say how much Calvin had ministered to them. So, 13 plane flights for funerals, five families served by you by staying overnight, some medical expenses for unexpected medical treatments, and Steve Akeo's insurance. Guess how much you have provided to your fellow students in need this year? Wanna take a guess? How many think it's $5,000? How about 10? How about $17,000? Well done, students, in the name of the Lord. So we're going to take an offering. <laughs> Who's inspired? Let's go. Yay! Yay, team! Uh, Shirley and I have been communicating about this, and, I, and when she was texting me the numbers this afternoon, because um, we text, too. Um, <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, isn't it amazing that a population that people would look at and say, oh, there's a group of people that don't have any money, or if you've read Time Magazine, the cover story in Time Magazine is about how your generation is all lazy and selfish. And I just want <laughs> to... <laughs> just say no, Fane, just say no. 
And I just want to have, you know, Time Magazine, like, come to Calvin College, because that's not what we do here. We are people who are animated by the Holy Spirit, who are very aware of what God in Christ has done for us, and so we are generous back. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful thing to be part of this community. And so, yes, we are now going to take an offering for the Community Care Fund, and our worship leaders will come forward. was with our friend Steve Akeo this afternoon, and he is out of ICU. Yes, yes, great, very good. While I was there, one of his doctors came in, they're gonna uh, do a little procedure tomorrow, and wanted to prep him for that, and, uh, and his doctor said, uh, over today, said to him, uh, his daughter is not a native English speaker, and he said to him, a native English speaker, and he said to him, you are better than a cat. <laughs> and to which we all went, you have more than nine lives. <laughs> and, and Steve just beamed, you know, and uh, very aware of what God has done for him. And so I said, um, what would you like to say to Loft tonight? What would you like to say? And he said, would you please tell them how appreciative I am for their prayers? He said, their prayers have made a difference in my life. And uh, he's doing well. He has a long road ahead. There are challenges, um, but God has done great things. I was talking with his brother who said, I did not think we would be here two weeks ago. And it is a good thing. So with all of that brimming within us, let us go to our God in prayer. God, you have done great things for us and we are full of joy. What an amazing thing it is to hear words from our brother Steve, to hear him immediately give testimony, to give praise, to give thanks. He is grateful for what you have done for him. He 
He is grateful for his Christian community. He is grateful for life. We pray, Lord, that you'll continue to heal him. We pray against any blood clots that may be threatening. We pray against any viruses, any germs that may prevent his total healing. We pray that his progress will continue steady and unhindered and that he will grow stronger every day, able to walk farther and eat with more ease. We ask a blessing on Joseph and Irene as they think about his care and as they meet with personnel tomorrow to think about options. We pray wisdom for them, clarity, good ideas. And God, we think of all the others in our community that were ministered to through your generosity through us, people who were able to fly home, people who were able to have their parents come here, people who had other medical expenses taken care of, because we are the body of Christ. It is you who have gathered us here. It is you who works in us. It is you who reminds us as we're leaving to come to this place, hey, stick $5 in your pocket. Be generous today. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are shaping us to be a generous people, that this is becoming a habit for us, just a way of being, out of the overflow of what you have done for us, that we can be people who easily do for others. Continue to form this habit within us. And we pray for our community at the end of an academic year. We ask a blessing on the board of trustees as they gather this weekend. May they have wisdom, clarity, joy. May they be glad to be together. As they interview faculty members for reappointment, we pray that those will be good and beneficial conversations. As they look forward, as all of us do, to graduation, may it be another marker, another sign of your generosity and faithfulness to this community. We pray for our president and our vice presidents as they lead the board and are served by the board and are led by the board. May they develop wonderful teamwork, a wonderful way of being together to lead this college into health. And we pray for us as we take exams, as we finish projects, as we say goodbye. We pray for any for whom this added stress means a great increase in anxiety. We pray, Lord, that your deep peace will attend us, that we will all finish well, whether that means finishing a class well or saying goodbye to a friend, parting with a floor, packing up a house. Lord, remind us that saying goodbye well is important. It's an opportunity to mark what you have done in our lives. And so we pray for today, for right now, for this evening, as we look at what you have done and give you praise. As we hear testimonies and see them written out, may you receive all the glory, honor, and praise for you are our God, our King. You are mighty and victorious. You are generous and kind. You draw near to us. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and all God's people say, Amen. I invite you to turn to Psalm 126, page 499, page 126. Psalm 126, page 499. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. 
Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. Restore our fortune, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. This is the word of the Lord. What a good psalm for a testimony night, right? And as I've been thinking about this this week and reflecting on it and reading it with others, and I read it with Steve today, I was reminded that you don't get a testimony without first having the sorrow, without first going out in sadness, without first having a season of loss and darkness, a season of bewilderment, a season where you didn't know what God was up to. And it can take a long time. You can spend a long time in this season. The psalm makes it happen so fast. Those who go out weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. But from the time you plant a seed until the time you harvest, it's a long time. It can be a long time. And while you're waiting, you're watching the weather, are things getting better? Are things getting worse? You're watching the ground in which you planted the seed. Is it fertile? Am I paying attention? Is there more that I need to do? It takes time. It's tempting tonight when we do this cardboard testimony thing. It's tempting sometimes to look at somebody else's testimony and go, well, that's a really good testimony. My testimony is nearly that good. Who is that about then? Who's that about when we say stuff like that? That's about us, right? Yeah, it's about our little ego, ego need. And the beautiful thing of Psalm 126 is that everything is plural. Everything is plural in this psalm. We all go out, we all come back. Our mouths are filled with laughter. Our tongues are filled with joy. So tonight, when you see someone else who comes up here with something written on cardboard and flips it over to reveal what they have come home carrying, that's your testimony. That's our testimony. That's what God is doing in our midst. You remember remember that verse from Philippians where it says, he who began a good work among you will be faithful to complete it at the day of Christ Jesus? He who began a good work among y'all, it's plural. He who began a good work among y'all will be faithful to complete it at the day of Jesus Christ. Those who go out carrying this will come back carrying this, y'all. So maybe you're in the middle of the flip. Maybe you're just waiting to flip the testimony over to say something better. And our prayer tonight is that as you see people coming up and talking about what God has done in their lives, that you have the patience to wait for the flip. That you have the patience to wait for the seed that's been planted to become a sheaf that you can harvest. That's what tonight is about. It's not about who's got a cooler testimony or what God, God's really done something cool in their life. No, 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 it's all about us. God has done this among us. God has done this among us. So I invited one person to come and talk about what God has done in her life. 
Kelly, come on up. You guys know Kelly? <laughs> Kelly is a senior, and um, she has been an RA for the past two years in Veenstra. Yes. Yeah, shout out to BV. So last fall, Kelly, you started to have some symptoms, some physical symptoms. What was going on? Um, started like the end of September. Um, I don't know what exactly happened, but um, one night I was hanging out in my floor's Bible study, and I started not to feel that great. And then, long story short, I ended up collapsing, losing consciousness. I don't really remember a lot of it. Um, I remember being on my couch with my RD Amanda next to me, and the next thing I know, there's like campus safety in my room, there's EMTs already in my room, so I was out long enough to where I don't remember anything in between there. Um, so they took me to the hospital and they were like, we don't really know what's wrong with you. Um, they told me I had vertigo, which has something to do with like your inner ear and your balance and everything, and I was like, okay, cool. So they thought nothing was wrong and that I was gonna be fine. Um, and then like three weeks later, the exact same thing happened again lost consciousness, another ambulance ride. Um, and then they're like, well, we think something's obviously wrong. So they're like, go to your doctor and see what he says. So I went to my doctor the next day um, and he's like, well, he's like, out of all the tests, he's like, I think you might have a heart problem. Um, so he's like, we're gonna set you up with a cardiologist and we're gonna go from there. Um, so here, being 21 years old and hearing that I have a heart problem was pretty terrifying. Um, yeah, so then, I went to the cardiologist and they set me up with uh, a cool little like heart monitor thing that I had to wear for a couple days. Um, actually, it was really annoying. Like those sticky things all over you, constantly 24 hours, or 48 hours, couldn't take them off. Um, and then, I'm trying to remember what else happened after that. A couple weeks later, um, I went in for more testing and they did like an ultrasound on my heart and they ended up finding a hole in my heart. Um, so I'm sitting in this room and the guy's like, I'm gonna go get my boss. So he goes and, he, and I'm like, this is don't not what I want you to don't hear. Want that. So he goes and they're like looking at the screen and saying words I don't understand. Um, and they're like, all right, so they're like, here, do you see this thing? And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm looking at. Um, and you can see the blood like coming in and out of my heart. Um, and they're like, I was like, okay, so what does this mean? And they're like, well, um, you might have to have open heart surgery to fix this. Um, so for me, this is probably the most terrifying thing I've ever gone through, being 21 years old, being coming out of a summer, being completely healthy, and now I have no idea what's going on with my heart. I have a hole in my heart now. Um, and then they hooked me up to another monitor, the sticky things that I wear for two weeks this time. Um, and my heart was basically just going crazy. Um, I would just be walking around, and I would all of a sudden feel really lightheaded and out of breath. So I'd press this little button, which would monitor my heart rate, and it would get up to like 180, which for those of you that don't know, that's really, it's not really, good. That's it's not, not good, good, especially if you're just walking. Um, so I went back in and they diagnosed me, it's a long word, it's called supraventricular tachycardia, which basically just means my heart goes way too fast when it's not supposed to. Um, so I have supraventricular tachycardia, I have a hole in my heart, and then they also diagnosed with this thing called vasovagal syncope, which basically is the cause of why I was passing out. Um, and then I ended up passing out somewhere else in between there, I don't remember where. Um, and I kind of lost track and then I went back in the hospital and they almost kept me overnight and they're like, well, we're gonna run more tests and then they found out that my thyroid numbers were all messed up. So then they're like, well, you also have this thing called hypothyroidism, which meant that my thyroid was also going out of whack at the same time. So they put me on this medicine over Christmas break, which they use for people that um, have like congestive heart failure. Um, and they're like, so basically you can't forget to take this medicine because if you do, you could have a heart attack. Um, so imagine being 21 years old, also worrying about having a heart attack on top of this. 
Um, and then Christmas break, I ended up in the ER somewhere in there again. Um, they ran more tests and they were like, well, this medicine obviously isn't working. And I was like, well, yeah. Uh, so I, they're like, well, you need to go back to your cardiologist and get this figured out. And I was like, well, yeah, that'd be great. So uh, they sent me back, but I couldn't get in for like two or three more weeks. Um, and so I went in January and I go in my cardiologist, me and my dad in the office with this guy who I've seen like three or four times now. And he like, he's like, well, let me look at your chart. I haven't looked at it in a while. So he like starts flipping through he keeps flipping through and like he's really quiet. My dad and I are looking at each other like, what is this guy doing? Uh, and he keeps flipping through and like looks up at me and he keeps like, it was a solid like three, like the longest three minutes of my life. Um, and he finally closes my folders, has all my stuff in it. And he's like, Kelly, I don't exactly know how to tell you this, um, but your heart problems have disappeared. And I'm like, what? Um, and he's like, all the tests we've run, even the last time you were in the ER, your heart was totally fine. Every test we've run since then, your heart is completely normal. Um, you can live with a hole in your heart. I don't know how that's possible, but I can. Um, and he's like, you have a thyroid problem, so go get that fixed, and I never have to see you again. Um, so that was January 9th. Uh, so the next day, I go to my like, regular doctor, and he like, looks through everything, and he's like, yeah, you, your heart problem, your heart's fine. So he's like, let's run tests for your thyroid and get you, you know, hooked up on this medicine. You're good to go. And I was like, okay. Um, so the test was supposed to take about four or five days. And so they just took like a whole bunch of blood or whatever. Um, and then my doctor calls me, I think four or five days later. And normally when my doctor's office calls me, it's like one of the nurses. Um, and this time it was actually my doctor. And he's like, Kelly, are you having a good day? And I was like, yeah, why are you calling me? Um, <laughs> I was. I, I was, <laughs> yeah. So he's like, well, here's the thing. He's like, um, I know you're a believer. And he's like, and I am too. So I really wanted to call you and tell you this. Um, your thyroid completely corrected itself. Um, and you are completely healthy. You don't have to come back here. Have a great day. And hangs <laughs> up. And I'm like, what? Um, so a couple weeks later after that, my cardiologist apparently was still convinced that there was something wrong. So they, ran, they drew like gallons of blood for me to run more tests on everything. And a couple days later they call and there is absolutely nothing wrong. Um, so that's that. Yeah. <laughs> so Kels, when you had this experience, obviously the people who had seen you collapse knew, mm -hmm. your floor knew. So right. what was their response? How did you invite the community around you during this time? Well, my RAs didn't really have a choice to be invited because they came to the ER, so props to them for coming along. Um, I don't know. For me, it was just like, I've always known to pray about these kind of things, but I have so much pride for myself that I am never one to usually ask for prayer. But for me, this is, I mean, like the things that I was having, I mean, my worries went from like, what kind of cereal I'm going to eat in the morning to like, is my heart going to stop while I'm sleeping tonight? Um, and that is pretty terrifying. Um, I haven't really ever gone through anything that's been super like scary. So usually if I go through anything, people are like, oh, like it's going to be fine. You'll be fine tomorrow. Like it's all going to be okay. Um, but for me, it really started to hit that this was big when people couldn't really tell me, hey, like, you're going to be fine tomorrow. You're, this is all going to be okay, because they didn't know either. Um, so I think for me, it just became a huge pride thing, but also just breaking down that and becoming humble and asking for prayer, because I didn't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what did you do yesterday morning? <laughs> um, I ran the 5K of the Riverbank run yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, 
it was really exciting. It was something that's kind of always been on my bucket list. And if you would have told me last semester that that was going to happen, I probably would have laughed in your face. And so would my doctors. Um, so <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just really cool to just be a really big testament to the power of God. Um, because like I said, like last semester, I could, I would walk up the stairs and I'd be tired. Um, I couldn't do anything. I had no idea when everything, anything was going to happen. So I would just kind of pass out and not really know when or why. Um, so to be able to run three miles and not, you know, collapse, that was pretty big testament to the power of God. Amen. So. Amen. Will you join me in praying for Kelly? God, what an amazing thing when a doctor calls and says, I know you're a believer and I'm one too, and here's an occasion where we can stop and give God thanks because he has healed you. And so, Lord, we pray your continued mercy in Kelly's life. We thank you that this was an opportunity where she could realize her pride and ask for help and that people in this community surrounded her with prayer and attended to her and cared for her well and now celebrate with her the amazing healing that has taken place in her body. We praise you for your goodness to her and we pray protection over her that this testimony will be one that is proclaimed loud and strong in the name of Jesus Christ who is the mighty healer and it's in his name that we pray, amen. Thanks, Kelly. You can sit down. So maybe you, yours isn't, I was supposed to have open heart surgery. Yesterday I ran a 5K. But there could be other things that God's doing in your life. And um, we had some students do some samples. So um, we're going to have uh, Paul running the camera, as we did last year. And... Um, there are large cardboard pieces out there, but we're gonna hand out smaller ones too for those who may not feel comfortable coming up. But here's an option of something that you may wanna write. Okay. Those are some options that some students suggested. So we're going to hand out little cardboard and pens, and maybe you want to make a list, and maybe some of them you can complete on the backside, and others are going to have TBA on the backside. And maybe there's one that you, the Holy Spirit's just nudging you and saying, go ahead and write that one on a big one. That, just, just go ahead, just write that on a big one. And so maybe you want to go back to the back and take a piece of cardboard and and write on one side what you were going through and the other side how God is showing up in your life. And then we invite you to come up um, on the ramp here. I'm going to move the cross. It's very heavy. Here. Um, as you can come up on the ramp, walk right up here to the camera. Paula, have the camera on. Hold it for about three seconds and then flip it. And then you can walk off. Okay? And we're just going to keep doing this as long as there are people in line. All right? So 
Uh, at any point, the Holy Spirit could say to you, this is something you need to do. Or maybe there's a communal testimony from your floor or your family or your house where you can say, the Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. And if tonight it's enough for you to write it on your own piece of cardboard and take that cardboard home, that's great. But tonight is our opportunity to pause and say, God, look at what you are doing in our lives. Look at what you are doing at Calvin College. This is a good place to be. And so I invite the uh, worship servants to hand out the cardboard and the pens. And uh, whenever you're ready, you can go to the back and make out a big one and just come on up and let us worship God with our testimonies.